please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. <laughs> We're going to continue where we... Welcome, by the way, all of you that are watching as well. We're going to continue where we left off um, in verse 16. What I did last week was actually deal with the latter half of verse 16. What I want to do is go back to the middle part. Um, I, why I'm doing that, don't ask. It just worked better that way uh, when I was studying and, and looking at it. So let me begin by reading 1 John 4.16. That's where the Apostle John wrote. He says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. He knows and believes. You know, I think that's a, a real key thing in our life that we need to know and we need to believe. Do you know believe means that you need to do something? Amen. You know, you can know something. You can know that the house is on fire. You need to believe. You need to get out. <laughs> you know? Or throw some water on it. Something. Okay. <laughs> Faith acts. Do you know there's a lot of people, it, it's, it's really interesting that, no, we won't go there. All right, so, <laughs> let's not do that today. All right, so let, let me begin by uh, making this statement uh, by Simon J. Kistemacher. Now, when we look at the phrase, God is love, in the middle of verse 16, which is what I want to look at today, uh, this statement, remember again, was already made in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. Remember in verse 8? Uh, the Apostle John said, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. All right? And um, Simon J. Kissimaki explains that in the preceding section, all right, that's in verse 8, John defines what love is. Now, the way that he defines what love is, is by actually using the word agape in, his, in that verse. So, by using that word, he lets us know that it is the God kind of love. It is the kind of love that gives without looking to receive. It is the kind of love that the King James uh, translates as charity. So all of that in one word. Right? Next, he tells us where it originates from. He says that God is love. So he lets us know that love originates in God. Notice that God doesn't have love. God is love. And if God made us according to his image and his likeness, and everything that was created came from God, then we are not only made in the image and the likeness of love, Amen. But everything that was created by love will respond to us if we walk in love. Do you get this? See, love is that connection. Love is what connects us to things. And let me just share this with you because this thought is coming up and maybe I need to share this with you. Do you know, you know, we're, we're all looking for some kind of force that binds everything and everything else, okay? Can I just say, if love created everything, love binds everything as well. Now, I understand faith is a force, but I need you to understand that faith works by love, okay? It's really interesting that there is something else behind it. Do you understand that you will exercise your faith when you love some, something, someone, and if they're in trouble, then you will exercise faith because you want to see a result, are you all with me? Because it takes effort to exercise faith. And so I want you to understand that as you begin to love more and more, then you will begin to exercise your faith more and more because you will want everything that is around you to do well. 
Are you all with me? Amen? You know, even, even down to your, your pets and your little trees and everything else. You'll begin to just start speaking to them, and you'll speak well to them. Do you know the little plants? We all know the studies. We all know how, you know, plants that sit, you know, in an atmosphere where good things are coming across do well, and plants that sit there and get cursed at all the time don't do well. <laughs> <laughs> or get played rock and roll music. No, <laughs> I don't know about that study. But anyway, <laughs> um, but there is, <laughs> you know, there is a sense of love that pours out of us as we speak, and it does affect the things around us. You know, we see that more in the people that we affect more than the things I- immediately. And I-, I just think it's a tremendous thing that, you know, you can speak some words and lift somebody up. It's an incredible thing. But that's that love connection. It is a connection. Are you all with me? Amen? And, uh, you know, we're all looking to move into that place where the earth is waiting for us as the children of God to take our place because it knows that we are the solution to the problem that we caused to begin with. We are also the solution. (laughs) Okay? The first Adam messed it up. The last Adam fixed it all. And we belong to the last Adam. Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So anyway, let's, let's move on here. Didn't mean to spend that much time on that little bit. And so he says where it originates from, which is God, how it develops. Now that's by loving other people. Remember again that love isn't something that you develop, you know, up in a mountain somewhere with your legs crossed and going, hmm. I won't do that. Mm. Okay, well, I did. Okay, <laughs> all right. You know, some people think, you know, that's where perfection is. No, that's just isolation. That's just you getting good for whatever you want to be good at. That's not you helping anybody. You and we were put on this earth not to just look after ourselves. Do you know what's really interesting? And listen to this. This is really bless you, okay? We were put here to, to relate to others, to bless others in whatever way we can. Some of us need to be amongst others to do that. Other ones need, others of us need to pull away in order to prepare to bless others with, like what I do. Okay, so I've got to lock myself out of the room so I can come and do this, so I can share stuff with you from God so you guys have a better life. I pray anyway, okay? Unlock some secrets so you can start walking in those things. Praise God. But whatever the case is, I don't do this for me. I get blessed by it, don't get me wrong, and whatever you do should bless you as well, but it isn't for me. And the the greatest blessing I have is when I can share it with you. See, I'm not the sort of person that gets blessed when I go, I've done it, I've done my book, I didn't teach it to anybody, I've just done it. I have a nice book. Oh, there's no, (laughs) that's just weird. Okay, <laughs> you should lock me in the room and not, you know, okay? slide food under the door. Don't let him out. He's weird. Okay, <laughs> all right. Now, listen, all of this means anything only when I share it with you and when I hear the reports coming back from you that things are working, things are going well for you. That blesses me. Then I, you know, I go back to it and go, okay, God, what else do you have for me that I can share with them? In other words, all I'm asking is, God, what else do you have for them? Are you all with me? And that's, understand this, in that is love. Do you see how this thing is meant to work? So we're meant to be here to help each other, love each other through our gifts. Amen. And see, once we do that, there's something really interesting happens. I don't have it in my notes. Okay, that's why I'm just sharing this with you. Something happens is whatever you share in love, whatever you give in love, God multiplies that whatever gift is in your life. Did you know that? Listen, hear this. 
Whatever you share will be multiplied inside of you. Do you know why? Because you are doing something with it, because you are faithful over the talent you are given. You remember the story of the talents? Remember the parable of the talents? You've done so well, I'll double it. Each one he doubled. That's what awaits each and every one of us. But Job tells us something else. Though your beginning is small, this is, I think, Job 8, 7, your latter end shall greatly increase. Your great increase is your small next beginning. So each time you keep doubling. It doesn't double one time. It just keeps doubling over and over again. Because as soon as it's doubled, that's what you're given. You go, okay, now I'm being given this. So you work with that. Again, this is all about love. Catch this now. You work with that, and God says, whoa, they're really faithful over that. Now let's double that and see how they go. And you're really faithful over that. Do you see what's happening? It's an exponential growth. You go from 2 to 4, from 4 to 8, from 8 to 16, 16 to 32, and I'll stop there. 64 is the next one. But anyway, it keeps going, 128, and so on and so on. Okay, do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, 264, I think it's the next one. But, you know, it just, it's an exponent. Just notice how quickly the thing grows. That's how we should be. That's our glory. That's when we become the glorious church. Hallelujah. It doesn't happen up on a mountain. It happens while you're doing stuff. Amen? Amen. Okay. That's how it develops. All right, so. <laughs> but in verse, verse 16... <laughs> Uh, through 18, he tells the reader, now this is our verses, the purpose of love, and that is God's love living within a believer ensures confidence. Now this is something really interesting. So as we begin to share, as we begin to love, something happens on the inside of us. We begin to gain a confidence for that final day of judgment. You know, when, see, you won't be going up there thinking, dear God, I hope I make it. Most of the Christian population, that's all they're worried about. Will I make it? You know, I want all of us to be those people, like Peter said, I want an abundant entrance. You know, it's not about how, whether I make it, it's how I get in, <laughs> okay? Is it going to be huge? I hope so. I'm going to, you know, just, you just do everything that you can and you look forward. See, it's kind of like when you, you know, and please take this uh, in a positive way. Okay, it's because I know not everybody does this. You know, it's like when you really study for that exam. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, 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 listen, okay. You know, when you do and you're prepared for it and you do your very best, you are not dreading the mark. In fact, you're kind of waiting to see what you got. How many of you can relate to that? I can relate to both sides of that equation. I was a lazy child, a good for nothing. <laughs> okay, all right? I was, I was just, I, you, poor dad. He'd always have to come in and all the teacher would say to him, he's got potential, but he just doesn't use it. You know? <laughs> and so my dad, thank God, always encouraged me. He always encouraged me. You know, he always says, you've got what it, if you just apply yourself, you'll work. It'll work. The question was, do I want to play? No. <laughs> Bring the cane. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, it says, that, you know, the person that spares rod hates his child. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, <laughs> hello. Regardless of all the social things that are going on right now. Anyway, back to this. It's kind of like when you do your best, you are looking forward to seeing how God is going to reward you. Not whether you're going to get to God, not whether you're going to get to heaven. You're waiting to see how did you do? And I believe so many people that just do this, and I want you to be among that crowd. 
you know, that just gets to heaven and you race to the throne. I've, I have literally read stories of people that just hit heaven and they go, hallelujah, and they race to the throne. Others just hit heaven and go, oh, hallelujah. You know, <laughs> thank God I went up, not down. <laughs> you know, okay. Seriously, there are two different kinds. They talk about these two different kinds. One, just happy to get there. And it's a long, it's a slow process before they get to the throne. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Where the others, they hit heaven and they're running. They're going, I need to see Jesus. I want to say hello right now. Praise God. And what do I get? <laughs> you know? And because he promises. He promises us blessing. Amen. And uh, I want us to be in that group. So this is what it's talking about and what the Apostle John is talking about in this verse, that if we do the right thing, that we will look forward to that day and not dread it. Amen? It's, and so again, uh, it says, expels fear. And this is what we're going to look at in verse 18, where it says, perfect love casts out fear and encourages him to be like Christ. That's in verse 17, as he is, so are we in this world. So, you know, that's what the Apostle John is, is trying to get across to us in walking in love so that we begin to do all of these things. Amen? So that we become more and more like Jesus Christ in this earth. That's why I keep praying that for us. See, I told you, this man knew stuff that kept him alive through every attempt on his life. Hello. We've, we're living in that age now, family. There are things going on out there now that are just unprecedented. From viruses to fires to, I mean, you just pick a month and you can, you know, yeah, go check it out. There's news on it, all right? So let me get back to this. Remember again that this is the Apostle John again trying to help us to be God's answer to, God's answer to man's need to see him. I need to slow down. This time through the avenue of love. I, Howard Marshall, writes, here then the three characteristics of the Christian emerge. Possession of the Spirit, remember that was in verse 13, okay? Confession of Jesus as the Son of God, that was verse 15. And living in the love of God, that's now where we are, verse 16, okay? So remember those three things, okay? Confession of Jesus, the abiding Spirit on the inside of us, and now this, okay? Walking in love. All of this not only helps assure us, assure us of whose we are, but also leads to us having confidence and boldness on that final day of judgment. Something that the apostles were constantly aware of and why they lived their lives the way they did. See, they lived their lives a certain way because they kept looking to that final day. They kept looking to the time when they could meet Jesus. They had already seen him. You know, to them it was so real. He'd been with them. He'd walked on water. He'd raised the dead. He'd turned water into wine. He was just there, you know, healing lepers. And I, he was doing things that blew everybody's mind constantly. And it says, and he healed them all. I mean, all. You know, I suddenly realized something about that. Yes, I had another revelation. You know, <laughs> I went beyond that. You know, I, I said to you before, I'm sure there were people in there that didn't deserve to be healed. Seriously, all of them, all, okay? And as I was thinking, you know, the Lord said that to me, and I said, yes, I know. And he said, no, you don't. <laughs> I said, now what I miss, you know? And I saw something that I missed. I saw Romans coming to him. I saw people that the Jews despised in the line. And he said, do you not understand? He healed Jews, Samaritans, Romans. We don't care. That's why they said this is the Christ. This must be God's son because he doesn't show any partiality. He doesn't say, oh, not a Jew. I can tell. Out, out of line. Thank you. Or the Romans. Oh, no, no. You are our oppressors. Out of the line. 
he healed them all. Joe, with me. Amen. That's what love did. And everybody responded to it, which is why we, you know, we read about the Roman centurion that comes to him and says, I know if you just speak the word only, my servant will be healed. Think maybe that guy was in the healing line or saw something that day. And he thought, dear God, he healed everybody. This guy is incredible. And it says there, there were certain people, he just, just, just touched him and got healed. Others, as he spoke, it just, he saw it. He saw things happening and he had faith enough to know, you didn't have to come to my house. Just speak. It'll be done. Hallelujah. I, I think that, that was just tremendous. So, you know, let me say this again. That's what they saw. They saw the way Jesus was. And they were looking forward to getting back to him. I think they all just lived their life. That's why they just had this urgency about them. That the Lord's day is any day. Because for them it was. They had seen him. He'd gone home. He'd said, you'll be with me. Don't worry about it. Okay. And they just lived their life with that hope and that expectation. And that was the reason why. And let's read now. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, be very careful then how you live. I'm reading from the New International Version. Ephesians 5.15. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Notice he says, be careful how you live. Don't be unwise in your choices. Don't be unwise in the way you use your time. Amen. You know, and he's going to talk about that. He says, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16. He says, making the most of every opportunity. Boy, doesn't that sound great? If you lived your life that way. See, this is how they lived their life. They made the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity to love, every opportunity to give, every opportunity to become better, to, to learn something new, to just better themselves in whatever way possible. They always saw it as an opportunity. If I'm breathing, I have an opportunity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay? And so he says, making the most of every opportunity because what he says, the days are evil. In other words, he's saying we're living in an evil age. Make the most of the time that you have down here. And make the most of doing good in this evil time. Make the most of helping others. Do whatever you can. And like I said, you know, we are living in this time period that is good and bad. Listen to me. It's good that you can reach the world from your room. You can do stuff and post it. It's bad. You don't know how many people you're reaching. <laughs> you know, you could be reaching millions and one person says, I liked it. And you think, well, I got one like, why bother? Don't be moved by what you see. You say, God, I'm doing this. I'm putting it on there. You take care of the rest. I keep remembering this one guy, you know, at the train station that used to hand out pamphlets and nobody came back to him. Nobody came back to him to say anything that, that received anything from what he did except the day he died. They didn't have room enough for the funeral. It was packed out and it was full of pastors and apostles and everybody that, that gave their life to the Lord because of this one little old man. And the family just could not believe what they saw. They couldn't believe the testimonies that came. And said, Dad never knew anything. Dad had no idea that he touched so many people. So I, I say to you today, 
We're in that, in that time where you don't have to go out to make a difference. If you're a socialite, go out. Remember, we're in that, you know, COVID thing. So, but okay, <laughs> which is also works for us in this way that we can do more in our house and send it out. Because they're all at home watching TV, <laughs> okay, or on their computer. Hello, all right? You have a great audience out there now, all right? But I'm just saying to you, listen, it doesn't matter how many people respond to you. What matters is you do what you know to do. You do, you know, you, uh, how can I say this? Uh, you use your gift to bless people and do it in a way that they can get to as many people as possible. And I will guarantee you somewhere God will bless you. It is not without blessing. Amen? All right, let's move on. And he says in verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, or what the will of the Lord is, depending on what translation you look at. Now watch this. He says, don't be foolish. Understand what God's will for your life is. Amen? So he says, make the most of every opportunity that you're given. And the way you do that is you need to find out what God's will is. You need to know, God, you need to ask, Lord, what am I meant to do today? You know, give us today our daily bread. One of those daily, one of the things about the daily bread is, what do I do today? That's a part of your daily bread. Do you know that? A part of your daily bread is receiving instructions what to do that day. That is your bread. Are you all with me? How do I know this? Because remember when Jesus was uh, ministering to the woman at uh, the well, the Samaritan woman. Remember when the disciples come back? And they bring back food and say, here, Jesus. And he says, I have food you have no idea of. Do you know what that food was? He was ministering. He was doing the will of the Father. That was his food. That is a part of our daily bread. Get it? Okay. All right. So added to this, there's also 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, where the apostle Paul wrote. He said, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit. You know, I think a lot of us read that and go, oh, contaminates the body. And we stop. We don't read the next little bit. We freak out at body. Because our mind just goes off into all the things that we shouldn't have done and ate or whatever. Hello. Okay. And, and we miss the next bit. I want you to notice, he says, the body and spirit. I think the spirit part is more important. I mean, the body part is important, but I want you to notice it says your spirit as well. It's because, you know, sometimes we are very disciplined in our body area, but then we go listen to everything and we just pollute our spirits with things that remove and, and take faith away from us. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Not that we get super religious. Okay, let me just stop here for a second. I'm not a person that, blessed God, I just listen to the word 24 hours a day, and I don't know nothing but the word. And, you know, if you speak to me, I don't know what you're talking about because I just know the word. And I will, uh, you know, and I will, I will preach to you something from, uh, from index to maps. You know, index, okay, to maps. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay. Okay, you got that. All right, maps is the last thing. Okay, so, you know, the, the, hey, listen, you need to know what's going on. Dad always says to me, I, I can't pray about that stuff. I don't know that's going on. So he says, I check out and make sure I know what's happening from the Christian perspective, from the Christian channels. But, you know, that's a thing. That's an important thing as well. We need to understand that, you know, we need to keep in touch with what's going on out there. Amen. And we need to be aware of those things. However, we must be careful that we don't allow those the, the things to pollute us, to bring fear into us. Turn it off at a certain point. We need to learn to turn it off. Okay, we need to learn to say no. <laughs> okay, you know, there's a spot where you go, enough, thank you very much, I can pray over that. 
Some people go, oh, no, I need more. To... No, no, no. Now this is the flesh coming, okay? This is you just wanting more because you just, you know, want some goss. Okay? <laughs> okay? <laughs> and a little bit, okay. But listen, <laughs> don't run with that. Okay, but, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, all I'm saying is, watch out for your spirit because it is what moves mountains. It is what allows you to see through all of the darkness and all the stuff that the enemy is putting in front of you. It allows you to see all through all of that and be able to see the truth and be able to walk in the truth. Amen? All right. So having said that, again, let me just reread this verse. He says, since we have these promises, notice he says, we've got promises. We've got the answers. All right. He says, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. Notice he says, let us purify ourselves. God won't do it for you. You need to make this effort. Amen. It's, and you know, and can I just share this with you? You can do it in little bits. I know one person that sort of said, you know, they were reading the newspaper and they said, you know what, from now on, I'm going to spend the same amount of time that I spend reading the newspaper, reading the Bible, you know, for a month or whatever. And so they just did that. They just replaced their newspaper with their Bible. And dear God, they never went back to the newspaper. So, <laughs> you know, because so much happened and so much revelation came. See, there are little things you can do and it might make a huge difference. Now, I, you know, you can go back to your newspaper, but understand that there is something else that's good news. You know, the newspaper usually brings you bad news. You need to balance it out with good news. That's why it's called the good news. <laughs> okay? All right. Okay? So I'm just saying. Uh, and read the good parts. All right? Don't go read somewhere next to this where everybody's getting cursed or something. All right? <laughs> Find the good things and read the good things and encourage yourself in those things. Hallelujah. I've got a page of my favorite scriptures and I just keep adding to them. Every time I find something, I put it in there. And I read through those and I have a look through those and I don't get far with them because every time I start looking at something, something jumps out at me and then I'm gone with the fairies. You know, it's squirrel time, you know, squirrel and you're gone, okay? But this is a God squirrel, okay? It's something good and, and it blesses you, hallelujah. So I've learned not to go to the same spot all the time. All right, so, <laughs> hey, we learn. All right, so he says again here, let me continue. He says, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Isn't that beautiful? Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Not perfecting holiness so we can go around saying, see how holy I am. Hmm? Hmm? See how humble I am? Can you see how humble I am? Mm -mm, can you tell how? No, okay. They're proud to be humble. You know, one of those sort of things. That's what Jesus used to, to always uh, criticize the Pharisees about. You know, they were just had, they had two different standards they live by. The outward and the inward. That's why Jesus said on the outside, you're pearly and white. On the inside, you're full of lawlessness. Hello. Amen. So I want you to understand that what the apostles, what they did was they said, we are ne never going to be that way. What you see on the outside is what is on the inside. Amen. And when you say what you see is what you get is literally to say, this is who I am on the inside. If you don't like this, then sorry. <laughs> That's who I am. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. And it's, in, and it's out of reverence for God. Needless to say, living this kind of life would not only guarantee confidence in the day of judgment, but also help us to abide in love and by extension, abide in God and of course, God in us. Did you all get that? Amen? All right. Now, with regard to this dual abiding, besides everything uh, else we've talked about, there's just one or two other things I want to bring to your attention, all right? Because I think it'll bless you. 
First of all, with regard to our abiding in God, uh, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and I want to read in verse 3. This is one of those things that I was going through my verses, and I found this. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, this is a good scripture. Why didn't I include this? So I'm including it. All right? <laughs> Colossians 3.3. 3. See, this is one of the benefits, the blessings of abiding in God and, a, and God abiding in you. Listen. It says, for you died, brother. R.I.P.? Yes. <laughs> okay? You died. Okay, listen. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Oh, see, whenever that, see, do you know, can I tell you the power behind this verse? Whenever the devil comes and says, oh, you, I know you, you did this and you did that, that person died. What? <laughs> but you're still walking around. No, 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 that person died. My life now is in Christ. It's in God. You want to mess with this? Go talk to God. Don't talk to me anymore. Amen. I'm a new creation. What you're accusing me of died. And what happened if you make a mistake after that? First John 1 9. And you're back in here. <laughs> okay? Straight away you're back in. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think that's great news. Okay. That's how you get the devil frustrated and drinking coffee and having a bad day. Okay, so <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> so this is an assurance of safety. To have your life hidden with Christ in God, which means the devil has to get past God to get to you. Amen. But, not on, uh, but only as long as you abide in him. Amen. Okay, and I'm, I've quoted, and I said the, I said the quickest way back is First John 1, 9, which is what I shared with you. Additionally, by having God abiding in us, among other things, it also assures us of power. Remember again John chapter 10, verses 37 and 38, where Jesus... Okay, I want to look at it from a power perspective just today, okay? Where he says, do not, if I do not do the works of my Father, this is John 10, 37, do not believe me. Verse 38. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe the Father is in me and I in him. So I want you to notice that Jesus points to works. Do you understand that Jesus abided in God, God abided in him, and the power of God was present in him because God was there. Wherever God is, the power is. Let me say it again. I really need you to get, I need you to get a revelation about this. Wherever God is, the power is. The trick is, how do you get God to be there? Don't, work, don't think about how do I get the power there, just how do I get God there? If he turns up, the power is there. See, this is why we kind of think, oh, let's work on, mm, let's get the power. Mm, I'm trying to get the power. Mm, I'm, <laughs> I think I have an aneurysm. I had a small stroke. <laughs> okay, all right, now. Don't do stuff like that, okay? That's not it. That's why, you know, we, you pray, you worship, you bring the presence of God in. If the presence comes in, then the power will just be there. Yes, you need to know how to exercise it and do all of those things. But can I just say this to you? Get it in the house first. And then watch it work. It'll start doing stuff. It's kind of fun. Okay, anyway, let's continue. And as to what kind of works these were, uh, it says in Luke chapter 7, verse 22, I really like this. This is when John's disciples, you know, John was a little miffed. He was in jail. Jesus wouldn't do nothing about it. It's like, come on, cuz. You know, you can walk on water and all of that stuff. Come on, break me out. Hello. Okay. <laughs> and so he sent his disciples off to Jesus and said, Are you the one or do you have to look for somebody else? 
Okay, <laughs> all right? So, because <laughs> he's going to say, I'm blessed to the person that's not offended. All right? So Jesus answered and said to them, he said, go and tell John, and watch this. He says, the things that you have seen and heard. This is Luke uh, 722. That the blind see. Watch now. The lame walk. John is asking for proof. He's saying, this is your proof. All right? The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. Oh, boy. He says, don't have to believe what I say. Look. See for yourself. Amen? And boy, they did. <laughs> they went and said, well, Jesus said all of this stuff. He's the one. Okay, don't worry about it. That was Luke 7.22. All right. And what's even more amazing is what Jesus says. Now, in, in relation to all this in John 14, 12, I keep bringing you back to the scripture because I want to see the scripture from different points. So now I want you to see it from you abide in God, God abides in you. That Jesus did all of his works because God abided in him. Because he lived in God and God lived in him. And now he says this, Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Hallelujah. And thank God. You know he didn't stop there. That would have been enough for me. Cleansing lepers, raising dead. This is a great life. Walking on water, don't forget that one. Turning water into wine, there's a business for you. Okay, <laughs> you know? okay? I mean, he did pretty good, I thought. But he didn't say, that's all you're going to do. I think it was extraordinary. He says, and greater works than these. Do you hear me? He says, he will do, and that's a she is too, because I go to my father because a new covenant is coming in a better covenant than the old one that's all under the old one there's a new one coming better promises hallelujah amen all right so let me conclude by saying this and all this as we walk and live in love and believe with all our heart the love god has for us and that he is not only with us but more importantly that he is in us with the Apostle John saying again, as we conclude in 1 John 4.16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Do you get the revelation? Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all this amazing wisdom.